0: Are you ready to head down the path to an abundant retirement? We're tackling the topics of the mind of the modern retiree. Here on Navigating an Abundant Retirement Radio. And now your host, Carol Dewey. Welcome back to Navigating an Abundant Retirement Radio. I am your host, Carol Dewey. And this week we're going to cover the recession. And what does it mean, as well as why I believe the institutions Americans depend on, such as the government, Wall Street, and the banks, are going to let them down in a dramatic fashion. As I was preparing for this week's podcast, The so-called bear market rally is losing steam. I believe we are in the second inning of a nine-inning downturn. This will be very difficult for many of the advisors in our industry, the financial services industry. So why do I think that? The last downturn was 14 to almost 15 years ago in 2008. Did you know more than half of the people who work in our industry were not working until after the 2008 downturn? During that downturn, the S&P 500 lost 57%. Most of our country's downturns happen approximately every six to eight years. That means that a majority of insurance and financial professionals in our industry have never experienced a serious downturn. So get ready, you are likely to experience a serious economic disaster. This is a very dangerous time for us, especially since all the manipulations of the government, all the manipulations of Wall Street, all the manipulations of the banks, and all the manipulations of the Federal Reserve. You have to understand that most of all the information you are getting from these resources, as well as media, is not accurate. Let's start with the elephant in the room. As we have progressed through the year, it is my opinion that the probability of a recession has increased. The term recession invokes unpleasant thoughts of high unemployment, bankruptcies, and business failures. The length and depths of a recession are typically the factors that determine the amount of pain in stock and bond assets. While all recessions feel some level of pain due to the contracting economy, a brief and shallow recession is less painful than a long and deep recession. The exact definition of a recession is not an exact science. There is no formal stop sign that pops up indicating the economy has entered a recession. So observers don't always agree on when and if we are in a recession. What qualifies as a recession is typically determined in one of two ways, by the National Bureau of Economic Research or, by rule of thumb, of two consecutive quarters of negative growth in gross domestic product or GDP. The NBER has not yet declared a recession, even with economic activity slowing. However, the NBER actually naming a recession can be quite delayed. The historical rule of thumb recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. By this definition, the U.S. economy is already in a recession as GDP growth in the first quarter and second quarter was contracting. We have had two quarters in a row of negative economic growth as a country. Don't be surprised if we have a negative third quarter. That is a recession. The government is trying to downplay these numbers by claiming we have had enormous job growth. They say you cannot have a recession with the kind of job growth our country is experiencing. Here's the manipulation. The government said employment grew by 528,000 jobs in July. Do you know that 384,000 of these jobs were for part-time work? 92,000 people added a second job, possibly because they just couldn't make it with inflation and all the higher costs on only one job. We are seeing an increase in this occurrence. So in truth, in July, the economy actually lost 71,000 full-time jobs. Put another way, we lost 71,000 breadwinner jobs, in actuality, putting more and more people in harm's way. Even though the unemployment rate dropped, so did the participation rate. Fewer people are now working than previously. The biggest gains were actually part-time jobs. These jobs were in the services industry. Restaurants would be a primary example. Jobs lasting between one and three months increased. All other job durations decreased. Wages were up slightly, but they did not keep up with inflation. Wages increased almost 4% less than the inflation rate of 8.6%. Put another way, even if they raise the minimum wage to $20 an hour, if you work 2,000 hours a year, that's $40,000. And by the time they take out Social Security, Medicare, and your federal income taxes, not to mention state income taxes if you have them and any other things like benefit costs, you're pretty much down to probably somewhere around 30 to 32000 Is that an amount or a way that an American can live? I believe you know the answer to that. Again, keep in mind, these are not breadwinner jobs. We will see an increased downturn in the economy, period. We will also see a maintaining of the inflation rate between 7 and 9%. Oil price reductions are temporary. Food prices will increase. Healthcare costs will increase. The baby boomer generation has accumulated the greatest amount of wealth. If you're in that generation and you're concerned about your children and grandchildren, I want you to know that there are financial strategies available to you and your legacy. To effectively explain how damaging inflation is, you must develop an understanding of the Rule of 72. You may have heard of this. In the past, we've always referred to the rule when discussing the growth of your money. If you take the interest rate you are earning and divide it by 72, that's how long it will take for your money to double. I want to flip this around and apply it to inflation. If you divide the inflation rate into 72, it will approximate how many years will be needed before you need twice as much money to live on. 7% inflation into 72 requires approximately 10 years. 8% requires approximately nine years, 9% requires approximately eight years, and at the current 8.6% inflation in eight years and four months, you will need to double your income in order to maintain your standard of living today. So a person retiring at age 65 on $50,000 of annual income would need $100,000 per year by age 73 and four months. They would need $200,000 per year by age 81 and eight months they would need $400,000 of annual income by 90 years old to maintain their standard of living that they started with at age 65 of $50,000. Here's another way to explain inflation using the Rule of 72. If you started with $50,000 of annual income at age 65 and inflation continued 8.6% for 8 years and 4 months, at age 73 and 4 months, that $50,000 of income would now only buy $25,000 of goods and services. Eight years and four months later, at age 81 and eight months, that $50,000 would only buy $12,500 of goods and services. And then finally, at age 90, that $50,000 would only buy $6,250 of goods and services. A recent article, Social Security Benefits Lose 40% of Buying Power, looks at the damage even low inflation causes. This article shares that Social Security has lost 40% of its buying power since the year 2000. For every $100 of goods and services retirees bought in the year 2000 would now only buy $60 of goods and services. Now, that took 22 years to happen at 2 and 3% inflation. Think of what happens if we have 7 to 10% inflation. We would lose 50% of purchasing power in less than a decade. Inflation is more serious than most Americans understand. We can reduce or eliminate the damage caused by inflation by installing different financial strategies. Bottom line, inflation is a stealth tax. Now, I know how much we as Americans enjoy paying taxes, so I'd like to recharacterize inflation for what it really is, a stealth tax. It's really a way for the government to tax you without calling it a tax because they're not making their ends meet. And if they're not making their ends meet, then they have to print more money, which creates inflation and reduces the purchasing power of your money. And isn't that a tax? Isn't that a way for the government to get away with not doing its job? And it's happening at literally every level of government. This is why inflation is so costly to Americans on fixed incomes, and especially for the more than half of Americans already living paycheck to paycheck. Another article, The Cost of Gas: The Decade You Were Born, explains how inflation works as it pertains to gas prices. A gallon of gas was as low as 18 cents per gallon in 1940, and it did not increase to over a dollar per gallon until 1980. Remember the energy crisis? In 2010, a gallon of gas rose to $2.79 per gallon. Everyone was outraged. Currently, gas prices are in the $3.50 range, but have been as high as $5 per gallon on average in our country. Gas prices will be rising again with the expanded inflation being created by the government. And when the government stops taking fuel from the reserve, that is how they currently reduced prices. It is temporary. Plus, what if you have inflation and recession at the same time? That is called stagflation, which is something we have not experienced since the 70s. It is really devastating because the value of your stocks, bonds, and real estate decreases, and then the purchasing power of what is left is diminished by inflation. Then the government taxes what is left. Stagflation destroys wealth. Well, not necessarily. If you have a strategy or a plan in place, instead of being harmed by stagflation, you could actually take advantage of it. Economists tend to fixate on the hyperinflation of the 1970s when seeking a historical context for today's situation. But according to Barron's, a sharp rise in inflation that gripped America in the late 1940s more closely mirrors the events of 2022. When World War II ended, the American economy was flooded with pent-up demand following years of rationing and deprivation, just as it was when vaccines rolled out as the economy reopened post-pandemic. In the late 1940s, post-war demand tapered off and the global supply chain rebounded, just like today. The economy cooled, inflation soared, and the country entered a brief recession. One year after the war ended, the CPI inflation rate was 3.1% year-over-year. Nine months later, it peaked at a sky-high 20.1%, much more severe than even the turmoil of the 1970s and 80s when the inflation rate peaked around 14%. Let's take a quick look abroad at the European nations. There are 29 nations there, and they are talking about 10% inflation overall. Turkey alone is experiencing 82% inflation. Bringing back the concept of the rule of 72, that means in less than a year, every 11 months. In Turkey, you need twice as much money to live on to maintain your standard of living. Or said a different way, every 11 months, their purchasing power of money loses 50% of its ability. In England right now, the queen recently passed away, and the people that are taking over, they have a new prime minister, are talking about 15-18% to inflation in Great Britain. Really scary stuff, and when you start taking this around the entire planet, there are going to be serious issues that must be dealt with. Is the U.S. far behind when it comes to inflation? Time will tell. We can't talk about inflation without bringing up taxes. Did you know the top 50% of Americans pay 90% of all the taxes? And by the way, everybody, that number is going up. So if there are less and less people paying the taxes and more and more people needing to be taken care of, the people who are paying the taxes, are they going to have to pay more in the future? And should they take advantage of planning opportunities while they still can? All you have to do is look at the national debt clock for the math behind it all. As of the time of my podcast recording, the U.S. debt clock is showing there is almost $650 trillion in derivatives. And derivatives is nothing more than a bet. And currently that number is eight times greater than the GDP of the entire global economy. You start adding up all the costs of natural disasters, of war, of unfunded obligations like Medicare, Medicaid, and the Social Security and everything else. If you pay taxes, don't you have a big target on your back? Wouldn't it then be important for you to start finding ways to keep your money in the family? There are different strategies. You can learn how to reduce or eliminate your income tax liabilities. You can learn how to leverage your money so that you can get somebody else to pay the taxes for you while you transfer over your money without giving up control and use of the money. These are just a couple of examples. Obviously, the strategies that are the right fit for you are dependent on your unique circumstances. Another important thing to mention, between 1980 and 1990, when Paul Volcker raised the interest rates to 20%, our country was only $900 billion in debt, so we could afford to raise the interest rates to that level because it didn't destroy our government or our economy. But now if they raise interest rates to neutralize inflation to the 9% that inflation is at currently on $31 trillion of debt, stop and do the math. 9% on $31 trillion would be approximately $3 trillion, which would be about 50% of the government's budget. They'd have to print more money, raise taxes, and all the other shenanigans that are perpetuating the problem. Again, all the math and science can be found on usdebtclock.org. Hopefully by now you can start to see how ridiculous the stuff you hear on TV and the Internet is. It's not even close to being accurate. It's not even in the vicinity of accurate. And if your area is much like my area, we are being bombarded with political... political... Political commercials for the midterm elections. So we have two more months of this rhetoric. Be sure to pay real close attention to the institutions I mentioned at the beginning of the discussion this week the government, Wall Street, the banks, and the Federal Reserve. They will all be playing fast and loose with the facts. The more they declare that everything will be okay, the more worried you should become. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer with this week's truth about our economic conditions, and I want you to know that a good financial advisor will be able to ascertain your circumstances and offer solutions. There are financial strategies available to protect yourself from inflation, reduce or even eliminate taxes, and protect your family legacy. Just keep in mind during this economic downturn that more than half of all the financial advisors and insurance agents assisting clients today have never been through an economic downturn. If you're hearing things like, you're in it for the long haul, stay the course, things will get better. That's just what we're taught to say in this industry. One of the dirty little secrets. I invite you to get the answers you need about your financial plan in one of our exploratory meetings meetings to receive the benefits of a valuable fiduciary second opinion, a net retirement income analysis, a social security maximization report, a blueprint of your current portfolio, a tax consultation through the four stages of retirement, or even an estate planning review. Schedule your consultation now. There is no obligation. We'd love to help. That's all I've got planned for you this week. Until next time, remember that navigating your abundant retirement starts today. I'd like to encourage you to continue our journey of enlightenment and education by subscribing to our podcast and downloading the show. See you next week. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes as a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of returns are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. Carol Dewey is an investment advisor representative of Perpetual Wealth Financial, a Florida-registered investment advisor firm.